You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back to the Chris and Joe Show, presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum, and we're giving you yet another mailbag. We're continuing our streak of off-season mailbags, talking to you about the NFL Draft and free agency. Because we have the NFL Combine coming up, we have a lot of NFL Draft and Combine-related questions from our listeners on today's episode. Before we start answering those questions, just a reminder If you ever have questions, feel free to send them in to our Facebook page through the Messenger. Also, when we post for questions, you can comment on that post and we will answer your questions from there. Additionally, you can send them into our email, bigblueview at gmail.com or any of our other forms of social media. Any questions you have, we will gladly answer them. There's very rarely an occasion that we do not answer a question as long as it is reasonable and it has not been repeated. Our first question that we have from Matt Groves is, what if the Giants spent the money necessary to sign Conklin plus one premier pass rusher and then save the remaining money in their cap in order to sign the players coming off of their rookie contracts and maintain space for the next season's free agency? So it's an interesting approach. You're spending a ton of money likely on Jack Conklin and let's hypothetically say Yannick Ngakwe. That's going to be a pretty pretty chunk of that cap space that the Giants have they'll still have a lot of room but the question is asking should they prioritize the remaining money on guys that need to be negotiated that are currently on the Giants roster really that is only Dalvin Tomlinson who's the more pressing one but that also includes Evan Ingram and Wayne Goldman to answer the question about Dalvin Tomlinson yes they need to save room and money and have that foresight to negotiate with Dalvin Tomlinson you don't want to allow someone like him to get the free agency because he could be very hard to keep in-house because a lot of other teams are going to be vying for uh, a contract for him and very likely offering him a ton of money. Instead of offering Leonard Williams $10 plus million, I think Dalvin Tomlinson is someone who has warranted being paid that much money. Yeah, Tomlinson I think is kind of a forgotten man on the Giants defense, even as much as we talk about him. He is their primary nose tackle. Really, he is their only nose tackle. And he has very quietly become one of the best nose tackles in the NFL. Among interior defensive linemen, he was one of the most frequently double teamed last year. And he was still the Giants' best interior pass rusher, and really one of the better interior pass rushers, at least going by pressure rate, if not raw production, of any defensive tackle in the league last year. He really has become a worthy successor to Damon Harrison, and it would make a ton of sense for the Giants to 
take some cap money and make sure they keep him around. Make sure they actually are building through the draft and keeping their own. And considering the amount of money they were willing to offer Damon Harrison, it makes sense for them to offer that same type of a contract to Dalvin Tomlinson, because I would argue that Tomlinson has a little bit more positional versatility than Damon Harrison had. Now, Damon Harrison was extremely talented, is still a very good nose tackle, and was probably the best defensive lineman on the team when he was there. But when you have uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, he can not only just play nose tackle, you can also put him um, at defensive end if need be, depending on the personal personnel out there. It's not his primary position, but he is a little bit more versatile. He's going to be worth that money. You need to have that forethought to have enough money to negotiate with him because if you end up in a situation where you're trying to nickel and dime someone like Tomlinson because you don't have the room to properly negotiate with him. Well, that's just going to end up leading with him not coming back. There are a number of other names too that are not this offseason, but the upcoming one as well. Depending on how the Giants feel on them, it it would be worth having and, and saving enough room to negotiate with them as well. Yeah, the Giants need to make a decision about Evan Ingram. I could definitely see them picking up his fifth-year option and seeing if he can stay healthy and on the field and see how Jason Garrett will use him because his fit in Garrett's offense is, I think, one of the more interesting things to keep track of you know, throughout this offseason and into next year because the Giants don't have right now that big athletic wide receiver that an Air Coriel or really any kind of vertical offense needs. But they do have Evan Ingram, who is big and athletic he just happens to play the tight end position so maybe Garrett could kind of invert his standard offense and run the vertical routes through the tight end position and then use his receivers as the possession guys to attack the middle something like that could work and it could be effective and that could be a reason to sign Engram long term and then also beginning this year the Giants can negotiate with Wayne Gallman Or they could just let him play out his rookie deal and pick up another inexpensive running back later. After this year, they get to they'll be able to negotiate with Will Hernandez, BJ Hill, and Lorenzo Carter from the 2018 draft class. They'll also have to make their decision about whether or not to pick up Saquon Barkley's fifth year option. I think the Hernandez, Hill, and Carter negotiations, that would be definitely be worth keeping at least a little bit of extra money, trying to roll a little bit extra over, especially if Hill and Carter finally take that next step and emerge as the players we think they could be. Our next question is from Eugene Jennings, and he is asking, I listened to your show on the 14th, and my question is, with trading with a team that has cap space difficulty, the Jaguars will be paying Nick Foles $22 million, but don't really want to. A bad asset. The Giants don't want to pay Nick Foles $22 million either, but cap space allowing are more able to afford it. Oddly worded question here. Why would the Giants trade anything else to the Jaguars in exchange for taking their bad asset? Would the Giants not just want compensation instead in the form of draft capital or another player they wanted? possibly their ninth overall pick and their third round pick in 2020 and their best first round pick in 2021. What do you think? So this is addressing the situation that that Chris and I brought up about potentially trying to make a move with the Jacksonville Jaguars 
to alleviate cap space for the Jaguars in getting rid of Nick Foles. Now, the Giants in this situation would not be trading for Nick Foles for him to start. They'd be trading for him to eat up cap space, maybe cut him. They have enough room to eat up dead cap and also get some draft picks for it. Well, the Giants have to negotiate and give them something. They can't just not trade them anything. And if they want to get a sweeter or better pick, they're going to have to send a, a, a draft pick of relative quality or a player of relative quality. You're not going to really be able to negotiate and get a ton for taking a player and eating up cap space. There's just not really much of a market for it. And in any example that it's happened, it's always been a more of a mid-round pick. So if you're able to get a third-round pick for, for a situation like that, I, I would say that is pretty much a steal. Yeah, this really is kind of more of an NBA-style trade where a team that has lots of cap room is basically using the trade market to turn that cap room into draft picks. The real precedent for it in the NFL was with the Cleveland Browns under Sashi Brown back in, I believe it was 2018. Well, no, the trade was executed in 2017. The Browns traded a twenty seventeen fourth round pick to the Houston Texans for Brock Osweiler. Now Osweiler was coming off he was just not good and had a terrible contract. But the Browns had a ton of cap room. So they were able to take on that bad contract and send the fourth round pick to Houston, basically turning it into a second round pick. So that is something the Giants could consider. Now that would kind of run counter to what we just were just talking about with saving money to sign their own players. I I would expect that to be a strategy a team like maybe the Indianapolis Colts could take where maybe they could trade a low pick for Nick Foles, keep him as a backup and then get another quarterback more highly plus a say a day two draft pick, something like that. Yeah, Nick Foles might actually end up being a draft chess piece if you will because teams that are trying to trade up might try and swap with the Jacksonville Jaguars and say all right let's make this deal a little bit more simple you send us Nick Foles we'll eat up that contract for you it could just be an added level of negotiation power we don't know for sure if the Jaguars decide that they want to actually move on from Nick Foles but I think a lot of people would agree that they should be moving on from Nick Foles and they should start moving towards a plan of a younger quarterback for the future if that is Gardner Gardner Minshew or not. Our next question is from Vlado Kurek, and he's asking, say Tua goes really fast as soon as the second or third pick. What is the possibility that someone would like to jump on the Giants' fourth pick for Justin Herbert? Is Justin Herbert worth it? Justin Herbert is very much worth a top five pick for the reason that there is going to be a run on quarterbacks. There are a lot of quarterback needy teams in this year's draft. And because of the importance of the position, quarterbacks in this year's class are probably going to be drafted in that top five. He's worth being drafted that early because of the need it's going to fill for very desperate teams. Now, Herbert might not be the fifth most talented or fourth most talented player, but because of his position and also the situation of this year's draft, he is going to be worth it. I could very well see someone trying to trade and negotiate with the Giants. If someone does trade up for Tua into the second or third pick, there will be some form of a conversation 
between the Giants and whoever wants to take Justin Herbert, whether that is the Los Angeles Chargers, maybe the Las Vegas Raiders, any of those potential teams. We've talked about it a lot, but I think that there is very, very good shot that a team does trade up to try and get Herbert, depending on what happens with Tua. Yeah, that I think is definitely going to be a move to watch. I fully expect Tua to go sometime in the first three picks. I think the only question is whether or not whichever team jumps up for him. Uh, We're pretty much expecting it to be the Miami Dolphins since they've been linked to Tua for forever, and they have a ton of draft capital to use to execute a trade. So they very well could make an offer that either the Washington Redskins or Detroit Lions just cannot refuse. But then there's also those other teams that are going to be quarterback needy. The Chargers, potentially the Jaguars, potentially the Raiders, potentially the Colts, who are going to really be interested in Herbert. Now, yeah, he is not one of the five best players in this draft, but he is probably the third best quarterback, maybe even second best if, you know, depending on Tua's health. So I could absolutely see the Giants at least talking to other teams, and they absolutely should be. Now, whether or not a trade actually gets done, I'm not sure, but some team is going to fall in love with Justin Herbert. He's got the size that coaches and GMs love. He's got all the arm strength. He's got plenty, plenty of athleticism. He can make those jaw-dropping throws down the seam, and I think teams will also really like his kind of character and leadership. He's not a loud, boisterous guy like Baker Mayfield. He's really much more of an Eli Manning-type player off the field. And there will be teams that that will appeal to. He's also got some great hair, if that means anything for teams trying to trade up for him. That is always (laughs) important. Hair is an underrated metric. It is. I mean, I think a team with like the Chargers might be interested because he's got that, you know, surfer California-type haircut such a dumb take on my part. But <laughs> hey, it worked for Clay Matthews. We got, yeah, and exactly. We got them. We, <laughs> yeah, they t- ended up being first-round picks, and they obviously had the best hair in the league. Um, we, we've got three more questions for you in their NFL Combine-related. We're going to get to those, but we're going to take a very short commercial break. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. First question coming out of the break from Steven Anderson. Who do you think will run the fastest 40 time at the combine? Love this question right here because 
speculating who's going to run fast is always exciting to do, but you can never be 100% right because you watch on tape and you're thinking, that guy's really freaking fast. That guy's really, really fast. That guy's really fast. But you don't really know how that speed correlates. I remember a few years ago when Braxton Miller was at the combine, a lot of people were saying that he could break the 40 time record, but then he ran a four five. So the laser time tends to be a little bit iffy. There's a lot of things with, with, uh, with human error. A lot of things can come into the play, but if we're talking about guys this year that have a shot to be in that top range to maybe set some records, I'm, I would say that there's a pretty decent shot that, that Henry Ruggs could be in that four, two range. He's got elite speed. He's a burner. Uh, he's a very underrated receiver and probably one of the most fastest receivers we're going to see over the past 10 years or so that's going to be performing at the Combine. Yeah, uh, I would say Ruggs is probably the odds-on favorite to be to win the 40 this year. If there's anybody who's going to challenge him, I would have to stay in the wide receiver position group and go with K.J. Hamler out of Penn State. Yeah, he's undersized he's only 5'9 176 at least that's what he's listed at we'll see how he measures you know next week but he has a similar speed profile to rugs he's a guy who can hit top speed by about his second step and guys just do not catch him so will he be a 4-3 guy will he be a could he possibly afford to be a 4-2 guy We'll just have to wait and see. But I think if anybody's going to challenge rugs, it will be Hamler. Hopefully either one of these guys is wearing those fancy Adidas cleats so they can get themselves that island. If any of you recall, there's always that reoccurring contest where if someone breaks the combine 40 record while wearing the leopard print Adidas cleats, there is uh, some type of a prize in the past that has been winning your own personal island. It's Sometimes it's been monetary value if you recall when john ross broke the record he wasn't wearing the cleats so he didn't qualify for that particular contest so maybe rugs will be in a position to do that i'm going to be watching closely i think that rugs is so fast that even if he doesn't break the record it's so fun watching those really speedy dudes run run a sub four three or just to run a four three is astonishing to see uh from an athlete that's going to be playing in the nfl Our next question that we have from Alex Patterson, he's asking, what in your opinion is the most entertaining drill and position group to watch? So a little bit different of a question here because we're not talking about what the most important drills are like we did on the Thursday show, but rather what drills are fun to watch? Well, we just talked a lot about the 40 and frankly, the the 40 is easily the most fun. If you're watching for the skill position groups and not the offense or defensive linemen, it's really cool to see who can have that that really high-end top speed, what it looks like to be an elite athlete and to be a complete speedster. Yeah, and also we get to see Rich Eisen run the 40 in his suit and tie and kind of out-of-place sneakers. And I have to say he at least always – he has a sense of humor about it. He pokes fun at himself, and he always does it for a good purpose. You know, I believe last year he – did it for the Make-A-Wish Foundation and held an, an online contest where everybody would send in their own 40 videos and make donations. So that is really good to see. And just watching him run is always entertaining. As far as position group for me, I would say my favorite one to watch is the defensive line because you can 
really see how a lot of those drills translate onto the field. But the most entertaining one for me is the defensive backs because you still have, you know, elite athletes doing incredibly athletic things, but you also get Deion Sanders on the field doing commentary. And yes, I know he was a cowboy, but prime time is just entertaining to me. He is, I just respond to his charisma. It, it's, Probably my favorite day of the of the combine, and it's kind of a shame because it's the last day of the combine. I think the whole host of talent that they have on the field for NFL Network is always incredible because they're very personable. They're very, very good at picking out those guys that they know are going to give a really good interview, and especially Dion, He's so good at getting a great response out of these kids because he can relate to them. He's very easy to talk to. I completely agree with you. I'm, I'm always a big fan of those on-field interviews during the combine because you get someone who runs a really fast 40, Dion comes come wandering over, or you get Steve Smith coming on over to him and then talking to him about it, like, man, you just ran a fast 40. What, you know, what did it feel like to do that? And it's usually a pretty good conversation because they're so personable and so easy to relate to. Our last question that we have from Dave Cross, he's asking what player's stock will improve the most from the combine? We've got a host of people here. The biggest one is probably going to be Derek Brown. We keep talking about him, the defensive tackle from Auburn. He's going to test athletically at a freakish level. He could run a very, very fast 40, depending on what weight weight he's coming in at. He's going to test out probably well on the bench. His vertical and his three cone are going to be in the upper echelon of interior defensive linemen. But someone like Isaiah Simmons, who is all around a great athlete, not just for his size, will test out off the charts. I think a lot of people are expecting that, but any team that's maybe a bit iffy on taking him in the top five will answer those questions and seeing that he's going to run one of the best four co- or three cone and uh, short shuttles. He's going to probably run the best linebacker 40 time, probably faster than a lot of safeties, maybe some corners too because of how fast he is. And then another freakish athlete, Kyle Duggar. People don't really know about him. The Lenoir Ryan safety. Still, we talk about him a lot. He's going to run a very fast 40 time. He's not very, very light. He's probably around 220 pounds, but he's going to look really, really smooth in all of those athletic testing drills. Yeah, yeah. it's one thing to expect guys like Derek Brown or Isaiah Simmons to perform well, to run a fast 40, to jump high, to be agile. It's one thing to expect all of those things. It's another thing to actually see it. And just being there and seeing it in person and especially seeing how much more athletic these guys are than their peers, that will have an impact on the scouts and GMs in attendance. For mine, I maybe go down to the guys who could improve their stock on the second day, uh, Eno Benjamin, running back out of Arizona State. He is not considered one of the top running backs. He's kind of in the he's kind of in that group in the middle, but he is really fast, really agile. He's got really, really great moves to just make defenders miss. He jump cuts incredibly well and then has a really great burst out of that cut. So I expect him to have a really good day at the combine and to get people's attention. Julian Okwara, again, just big guys doing athletic things. And I think of the group of edge players after Chase Young and possibly Clavon Chase and 
Okwara, I think, has the best chance to really raise eyebrows. And then also Brandon Ayuk, also from Arizona State, he's not the biggest receiver, and there are just so many good receivers in this class. Somebody's going to have to do something to set themselves apart. And Ayuk is, again, another one of those guys who just, he has juice. You see him with the ball in his hands, and he, he's got a burst to get away from guys, and then he just does not get tracked down from behind. He can lengthen his stride and run away from safeties and linebackers. He can keep cornerbacks from catching him. I think he is going to have a really good day, too. You could also throw in Clavon Chason into that group like you mentioned him because he's going to have a very good 40 time for a pass rusher. He's probably also going to test very well athletically, going to add a little bit of a juice to his draft stock if he tests well, which a lot of people are expecting him to do so. That's going to be it from us on this week's mailbag. Thank you for everyone who sent in good questions for us to answer on today's show be sure to rate and subscribe wherever you are listening to us and also follow us on social media at big blue view you can follow me at joe de Leon, and you can follow chris at raptor mkii also be sure to send any questions that you have in next week for the next mailbag edition of the chris and joe show finally stay tuned for Tuesday where we will be giving you the defensive side of the ball and how to watch their various position groups but next week we also will have start having to have some coverage for the NFL Combine we will be discussing that further on the Tuesday show how we're going to be going about that more to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. The Current Podcast is back with an exciting new season featuring marketing executives from the world's most influential brands. Tune in to hear what's driving conversation in the fast-moving world of digital advertising with unique insights from brands as diverse as Hilton, Instacart, Moderna, Major League Soccer, and more. And in this presidential election season, The Current explores what a national political advertiser like the National Republican Senatorial Committee and a major CPG brand like Hershey can learn from each other. Listen in and subscribe to The Current at thecurrent.com or wherever you get your podcasts.